You're listening to Fight in Progress. With your hosts and stress coaches, founder of Under the Shield, Susan Simmons, and TomTheBomb.com. Fight in Progress grapples with the internal and external struggles in the daily lives of our men and women in law enforcement, the armed forces, and first responders. Tackling the tough topics and supporting those who support us. We hear you, and we're here for you. Welcome back to Under the Shield Presents Fight in Progress. Today, my co-host is my wife, Mrs. TracyTheBomb.com. You know what? I got to come up with a, <laughs> my own tagline or name. My youth group girls either call me just Miss Tracy or my other mom, but I got to figure out. a. <laughs> yeah, Everyone's well, like, or I'm like Mrs. Bomb. I'm like, okay. Susan is always calling me different names. <laughs> so far, it hasn't been any bad ones yet. Well, but. some of them you probably deserve. But. <laughs> so speaking of Susan, she's on vacation. Uh, so I guess it's my turn to talk shit about how long she's going to be gone for. Uh, really, she just left last Wednesday. She comes back late this Sunday. So I'm going to round up kind of like what she did when I was on vacation. And I'll say she's been gone a week because she's missing a podcast. That's how she, I guess, tallied up how long I was gone. <laughs> um, but really, she's not on vacation. Uh, she's up in Police Week in Washington, D.C. Uh, I spent... I did speak with her this morning and she described it as an emotional roller coaster so far. Uh, she was with Officer Chris Farrar's parents, Bill and Linda, and Chris's end to watch was April 30th of last year. Um, I was able to talk to Linda too, and she said that she was amazed at how much support there's been uh, for the families from everyone there. And uh, she's surprised at what an emotional experience it's been. Yeah, I just can imagine. Um, another thing is Chris's sister, Angela, we got to make sure we give her, her kudos and high fives. A shout she, out. Yeah. Cause she actually rode in the police unity tour and it's a 298 mile ride from North New Jersey to Washington, DC. In just three days. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like hit the pillow, get back up. Uh, and I know Angela worked really hard to train for this and she did complete the ride and arrived in DC yesterday. So, Congratulations. Yeah, do we have little things to do? Yeah, Woohoo's or do you have noises? Yeah. Okay, we don't want to maybe, mess it up. Maybe our producer Jay can put some <laughs> applause in there for Angela's hard work. Uh, but I do have to I have Angela's words here because in Angela's words for her ride, um, she says, each breath I take, each pedal stroke I take, each mile I make, I do it for you, brother. And I just try not to well. I just love these guys and try not to get emotional here. Um, so anyway, Police Week is an opportunity to honor all of the fallen officers each year. And it, it's an extremely important event for the family and fellow officers. Yeah, I totally agree. Unfortunately, we were not able to make it this year, but hopefully we'll be able to go next year. Uh, when I was talking to Susan this morning, uh, she told me that there are 563 names going on the wall this year. Um, and it's the most in any year so far. Uh, and even though we had 617 line of duty deaths last year, some of the deaths happened too late in the year for those names to be added this year. Uh, they will all get added to the wall next year. Um, today, we're going to dedicate uh, the podcast uh, to all the men and women that were lost in the line of duty last year. And then since Under the Shield is based here in Arizona... Uh, we decided that we'd talk about all the fallen officers we lost last year here in Arizona. Uh, but before we talk about 
those officers, I wanted to give everyone a few stats from the Officer Down Memorial page about all of the officers that we lost last year. Uh, in 2021, our country had a total of 617 line of duty deaths, which is just unbelievable. I know, it's just surreal. Yeah, the shortest length of service was only 30 days. Uh, the longest length of service was 48 years, which I can't even imagine. I did 27. <laughs> I could not imagine 48. Yeah, you're all a little crazy, but that's extra crazy. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable. Uh, 458 local, state, tribal, and federal officers were killed just from COVID last year. Mm -hmm. uh, we lost 64 officers to gunfire, uh, 61 officers to auto-related deaths, and 17 officers to various other causes. What I did find that was amazing, the oldest officer was 79 years old. And I had to look him up to see what was going on with this guy. But he was a bailiff out of Texas who caught COVID and died. As so a he had to have prior law enforcement and just love well, the job. Was, it was 15 years with uh, the, the But it's just, corrections. I mean, I know you don't mess with Texas, but some of these guys, I mean, yeah. I, was, I was like, 79, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, yeah, so 200... 2021 was the most line of duty deaths ever recorded. The next highest was in 1930. Uh, and then we lost 347 men and women. Something that was kind of crazy is that was only an 8% increase from 1929. Um, in 1930, there was 216 line of duty deaths from gunfire. In, the, what, what in 1930, on? I mean, what? That's just crazy. That was beyond the Wild West. What, what the heck? I know. Um, I also looked to see um, where we're at so far for this year, 2022, and learned that we've already lost 105 this year alone in the line of And duty. we're not even halfway through the year. I know. Oh, my goodness. Pretty crazy. But, you know, the job, this lifestyle that you do can be extremely demanding. Um, you know, everything that we're exposed to on a daily basis can build up over time. And when that happens, it definitely starts to affect you physiologically and psychologically. You know, it's perfectly normal and it doesn't mean that you're going crazy even when you feel that you are. And I just want to encourage you to reach out to somebody you trust or call us here at Under the Shield. Um, seeking help is not a sign of weakness. And by doing so, you just might save yourself, your job, your marriage, and even your family. Um, and just to reiterate, um, our 24-hour crisis line is 855-889-2348. I guess I'll give that to you one more time. <laughs> it's 855-889-2348. And remember, if you call, stay on the line because the line's going to roll over. And sometimes it takes a little bit because it's going to be answered by the first available stress coach um, that's available. So just hang in there and someone will pick up that line. If you want to speak to Susan directly, I would wait till Monday when she's <laughs> home and back on Arizona time. Come on, give her a break Tuesday. <laughs> but her cell phone number is 334-324-3570. And if you want to speak with me, you can reach me anytime. My phone number is 480-861-861. 6574. Yes. I mean, taking care of first responders and their family is our priority, really, not just lip service. Uh, please don't hesitate to reach out for help. We are here for 24 7. Uh, we have answered calls in the middle of the night, make appointments on Sunday. 
I don't know when Susan sleeps, but definitely. Not very often. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because all of you choose to serve the public every day, knowing there's a chance you may not come home to your loved ones. Um, I've been, I'm very blessed. I don't take that for granted. And doing this podcast and thinking of all this made me think of the Bible verse, uh, Isaiah 6, 8. Then I heard the Lord of the, heard the, here, I'm already messing up. (laughs) Then I heard the Lord of, (laughs) did it again? (laughs) Okay, pause. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. Try to memorize and you still don't. Um, but officers truly answer a call and desire to make a difference. And we commend you and appreciate you all. Or as Susan would say, is it y'all, y'all, y'all? Like how do you- Susan would say all y'all. All y'all, okay. <laughs> That's more than just two. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Tom, you went over the national statistics. And like you said, we're kind of going to dedicate, everyone's important, but since when we're Arizona, we're going to dedicate to this to our Arizona guys. And this past year, Arizona lost 23 law enforcement personnel. And I just think in addition to the physical perils they face on the job, COVID is now another risk for them. And like in the national statistics, the number was really high. And even though we lost 23 here, 13 of those were in Arizona COVID. Uh, So that was more than half to that. It's just... um, so according to the Officer Down Memorial page, beginning in early 2020, thousands of law enforcement and other first responders throughout the country began to contract COVID-19 during the worldwide pandemic. Due to the nature of their job, law enforcement officers were required to work and interact with the community, even as the majority of the country was self-quarantined. As a result, hundreds of officers died from COVID-related illnesses and other complications. Uh, corrections agencies in particular, suffer tremendous losses due to the constant and close proximity between the corrections officers and large inmate populations. Since March 2020, ODMP has verified that over 600 law enforcement officers have died as a result of a confirmed or presumed exposure while on duty and continues to work with hundreds of other agencies that have suffered a COVID-related death. I just think... There have been over a million COVID deaths nationwide, and now it's just one more thing officers have to face. Right, like, like you don't <laughs> face enough just going to normal routine calls. Right, and then like you went over the nation when we went through the nationwide numbers, and they talked about how the largest was for the correction officers, but based on Arizona numbers, Border Patrol was hit hard. Yeah, they sure were. Um, Border Patrol here in Arizona, we lost five. Um, And so we're going to just kind of read the names and give a little bit of information about uh, each of the officers that um, we lost in the line of duty here in Arizona, Um, just to kind of honor them a little bit more because they definitely deserve it. Um, Supervisory Border Patrol agent Martin Barrios, he was 51 years old and his end of watch was November 29th of 2021. Uh, Barrios died as a result of contracting COVID-19 in the line of duty while serving in the Tucson sector. Uh, he was a United States Navy veteran, and he had served with the United States Department of Homeland Security, Customs and Border Protection, United States Border Patrol for over 18 years. He is survived by his wife, two children, and two siblings. Um, Border Patrol agent Annabel Antonio Perez was 47 years old. His end of watch was November 5th of 2021. 
Agent Perez also died contracting COVID in the line of duty in Arizona. He had served with the United States Border Patrol for over 15 years and was assigned to the Ajo Station in the Tucson sector. He was an Army veteran of six years and was survived by his wife, Fauna, his three children, parents, and a sister. Border Patrol agent Alfredo Moises Ybarra, he was 33 years old, and his end of watch was September 27th of 2021. Agent Ybarra died from COVID-19 in the line of duty. He had served with the United States Border Patrol for over 10 years and was assigned to the Blythe Station, which is also in the Yuma sector. He is survived by his wife, three sons, and mother. Border Patrol agent Luis Herberto Dominguez is 51 years old. His end of watch was September 23rd, 2021. Agent Dominguez died from contacting COVID-19 in a line of duty at the Yuma sector. Most unfortunate is that he had planned to retire that same month. I mean, he was just weeks away. That's, you know, that's, that's, just, that's I, crazy. I don't even have words. I know. It sure seems like Yuma sector lost quite a few. Yeah, it does. Uh, Agent Dominguez, uh, he had served with the United States Border Patrol for over 20 years, and he is survived by his wife and children. And then we have Agent Border Patrol Chad Edwards McBroom. He was 47 years old, and his end of watch was August 29th of 2021. Agent McBoom died from complications as a result of contracting COVID. He had served in the United States Border Patrol for over 24 years and was assigned to the Tucson sector headquarters. He is survived by his wife, Magalie, his three daughters, and a granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then besides just the, uh, that's your Border Patrol agents, their Office of Field Operations with Border Patrol lost another two. Uh, we have Officer Ruben Facio, 57 years old. His end of watch was July 17, 2021. Officer Facio died from contracting COVID-19 while on temporary assignment to the Operation Southern Support in Yuma. So he wasn't even from here. He came to right. assist. Uh, he had served with the United States Customs and Border Protection Office of Field Operations for 17 years, and he is survived by his daughter, two sons, four grandchildren, his father, and seven siblings. And then seven siblings, man. I, know, big fan. <laughs> I can't imagine that. Uh, he has, yeah, that's quite a list of, list of survivors there. Um, Officer Byron Don Shields, a 54 years old, and a watch was on January 20th, 2021. Officer Shields died from complications as a result of contracting COVID. Officer Shields was a U.S. Army veteran of Operation Desert Storm. Maybe he served together and didn't even know. Um, and served with the United States Customs and Border Protection Office of Field Operations for 18 years. And he is survived by his mother, brother, and two sisters. And then we have the detention officers. Yeah, and we have three detention officers that died from COVID. Um, Maricopa County Sheriff's Office here in the Phoenix area where we live at, they lost two detention officers. Uh, Officer Alicia Dawn Carter, she was 51 years old. Her end of watch was August 9th of 2021. Officer Carter died as a result of contracting COVID-19 in the line of duty and had served with the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office for 18 years. Survivors were not listed. We couldn't find anything saying who she is survived by, uh, and she was listed as single. Uh, but I'm sure that she lives on in the hearts and minds of her friends and coworkers. Yeah, most definitely. Detention officer Kendall Leroy Thomas was 47 years old. His end of watch was September 10th of 2021. 
Detention Officer Kendall Thomas died as a result of contracting COVID-19 in the line of duty. He had served with Maricopa County Sheriff's Office for 13 years, and he is survived by his wife and children. In Mojave County Sheriff's Office, they lost Detention Officer Anthony Nicoletti. He was 60 years old. His end of watch was October 11th of 2021. Officer Nicoletti died from complications as a result of COVID while working in the Mojave County Detention Facility in Kingman, Arizona. He had served with Mojave County Sheriff's Office for six years, and he had previously served with the Arizona Department of Correction for five years. And he is survived by his wife and three children. Oh, just one. And our list isn't done. <laughs> uh, now we have officers from departments that were lost to COVID. Uh, Phoenix Police Department lost Officer Matthew Aaron Hefter. He is 50 years old, and his end of watch was August 7th, 2021. Officer Hefter died as a result of contracting COVID-19 in the line of duty. Another one, he was four months away from retirement. Just, Just, I hate hearing I know. you're so close, you know. Um, Hefter had served with the police, the Phoenix Police Department for over 24 years, and he is survived by his son, sister, aunts, nieces, and nephews. And then Chandler, here in Chandler where we are, um, they lost two. We have Officer Lyndon Tyler Britt, 48 years old, and a watch January 11th, 2021. Officer Britt died as a result of complications from contracting COVID-19 in the line of duty, and he had served with the Chandler Police Department for 20 years, and he is survived by his wife, Myra, and their son, Joel. And then Officer Jeremy Martin Wilkins, uh, 46 years old, and a watch was December 17th, 2021. Officer Wilkins died from complications as a result of contracting COVID in the line of duty while serving an arrest warrant. Hmm. Just <laughs> Wilkins had served 23 years as a police officer. He was with the Chandler Police Department for nine years and previously served four years with Prescott Valley Police Department. He had also served as a police officer in Michigan with a the, the, why am I having a hard time today? <laughs> the Detroit Police Department for two years, the Saginaw Chippewa Tribal Police Department for four years, and the St. Louis De Police Department for two years. Man, I'm just thinking, Jeremy, <laughs> he wanted to make sure he had a plethora of, yeah, uh, of experience. experience. <laughs> on his career. Um, he is survived by his wife, Crystal, five children, grandchildren, mother and father, just all these officers to COVID. And then, Tom, you knew Tyler Britt and met Jeremy Wilkins from the Ferraris, correct? Yeah, I only had met Jeremy briefly. Um, he was a huge supporter to the Ferraris when their son uh, was killed. And he was actually the family liaison officer for Chandler PD to the family. Um, so I didn't know him very well. Uh, I only got, you know, just briefly. But I, I know him. he was he was huge to the Ferraris. Right, he meant a lot to and the Ferraris. And then losing yeah. him after Chris was just a double whammy yeah. for... Yeah, they were definitely heartbroken when they heard the sad news about Jeremy. And Tyler, I knew Tyler. I worked with him for a little bit. He was a, a giant of a man. He's just big, tall guy, had a personality that was just as large as he was. He was fantastic. Uh, truly one of the nicest guys, just larger than life. Uh, he, I always thought from the very first time I met him that he is the guy I want to come back me up if shit goes yeah, downhill. Definitely. <laughs> he's just this huge guy. He was a teddy bear, but he, <laughs> but he you know, if he needed to, he, teddy could, bear. he could throw a hurting on you. I've heard a lot sure. of that. And I... Forgot to mention, too, um, when we were talking about Jeremy, I actually met Jeremy's wife, Crystal, after his death. And 
I do want to say she's an amazing, strong woman, still raising two of their children. And I just can say again, it's, it's heartbreaking to have line of duty deaths year after year and losing those, you know, takes a toll. And, and I know you have lost several over your career, which that could just be a whole nother podcast. I don't know what I, the number, it just, it blows my mind. I know. But this year, three of them, you knew knew three of them, I know. you know, just tough. Okay. And then our list continues, unfortunately. Um, we have officer Joseph Henry Montgomery with Arizona state university police department, uh, 54 years old and a watch January 14th, 2021 officer Montgomery was killed in a motorcycle crash on state route 101 in Tempe, Arizona. Prior to his 13 years with Arizona state university police department, he has served with Monmouth Police Department, Illinois, since 1989. Now, I didn't flub that, and that's a weird <laughs> word, Monmouth. Say that fast five times. That's right. Um, he, Joe was survived by his wife, Sandra, of 30 years, their four children, and three grandchildren. And again, you didn't know him, and DPS would have taken this because it right. was on the freeway, but if it had been in Tempe, like some, you would have yeah, we, probably worked his yeah. fatality. Our team would have worked that that crash, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, we lost uh, Special Agent Jimmy John Daniels. He was with the FBI. He was 43 years old, and his end of watch was January or sorry February 1st of 2021. Um, Special Agent Jimmy Daniels died from complications as a result of a line um, of an on-duty injury he sustained on January 11th of 2021. He was participating in a tactical shooting course, which every cop likes to do those. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, he suffered a torn Achilles tendon while running from the starting line uh, up to the shooting line, and he went, underwent corrective surgery like 10 days later. Um, and then on February 1st, he developed a blood, cot, blood clot, and as a result of that injury, he suffered a pulmonary embolism, which is just so sad to hear. Uh, he was survived by his wife, Natasha, and their children. Uh, Natasha had posted... Um, that an organization called Billy's Place had supported them, their family, during their grief. And she posted a link for them on um, the memorial page for Officer, or sorry, for Agent Daniels. Uh, I honestly don't know anything about um, Billy's Place other than that they are located here in Glendale, Arizona. Uh, perhaps maybe it's something that we should check out because uh, it's always good to hear of some organization, any organization that's pro police supports us especially that supports families in times of grief like that. or in ways to be connected where all these organizations can work together to help exactly but i i just have to add you know when i'm heard about this that it's so ironic <laughs> you know in your daily life as an officer there's no such thing as a routine call because anything can happen and you know turn on a dime but then what was a routine surgery ended with a medical complication i, I mean yeah it's just tragic uh okay this is hard so our next one is police officer jeremy allen Britton uh, was 40 years old with the nogales police department and his end of watch was may 21st 2021 officer brenton was working an overtime assignment and assisting with lane closures at a road construction site he was struck by a car as he stood outside on his patrol car um and on i-19 near the mariposa road exit is flown to Banner University Medical Center where he succumbed to his injuries. And Officer Brenton had served with the Nogales Police Department for 18 years, and he is survived by his wife, Denise, and four children. 
You know, when I hear he served 18 years and he's working off duty, mm-hmm. I can't help but think he's probably trying to get in as much of those off duty jobs as he can to get his high three yeah. right before he retires. And then, and then something tragic like this happens. And that's just added risk, you know, know. it's just more. Um, our next one, which actually I think he's the youngest on the list. He's only 27 years old. It was uh, officer, police officer Gennaro Allen New with Phoenix Police Department, and his end of watch was May 31st, 2021. This is your anniversary is coming up. Uh, officer New was killed when his patrol car was struck by a drunk driver that ran a red light at a high rate of speed at the intersection of Cave Creek and East Greenway Parkway. The impact knocked his patrol car through a brick wall and caused it to overturn. My goodness. is transported to a local hospital where he succumbed to his injuries. You know, and when I hear that his car was knocked through a brick wall and then overturned, you know, the high speed that that guy had been going, you know, just another drunk that just has no compassion, no care in the world, just... I got to get home or I got to get to the next bar and just driving crazy and, you know, s- senselessly kill somebody right. like that. It's just unbelievable. And these are all the cases you worked over your entire career. All these yeah. kind of, you put these scenes, you know, back together and got them ready for prosecution. And yeah, it was a, it was a, I hate to use the word fun, but it was a fun job. Interesting, you know, trying to, put those cases all back together. It was, it was very rewarding at times, but it was very tragic to mm-hmm. dealing with all the families and all that loss. Right. It's tough. Uh, officer knew had served with the Phoenix police department for two years and he has survived by his wife, Kristen, his mother, brother, and grandmother. And then we also had a supervisory border patrol agent, Daniel Paul Cox. It was 52 years old and his end of watch was July 31st, 2021. And Agent Cox was killed in a head-on collision on State Route 86 west of Tucson. And Cox was a U.S. Army veteran and had served with the United States Border Patrol for 24 years. He is survived by his two daughters, father, and two brothers. Yeah, it's listen to all these names and the age. And one of the things that I, I saw on the Officer Down Memorial page but for 2021, the average age of the officer's loss was 48 years old. Which Yeah, because a lot of these are like... <laughs> Like you said, 47, 51, a lot of around right. that age, but then you had those couple like 38, 27, and yeah. then just, it's, it's just. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, group supervisor, Michael Gale Garbo, uh, he was 51 years old. He was with the DEA. His end of watch was October 4th of 2021. Supervisor Garbo was shot and killed while he and another, uh, while he and other regional task force members conducted an inspection for narcotics of an Amtrak train and they were at the Amtrak station in Tucson. They had detained one suspect and were escorting that guy from the train when another suspect opened fire on them, fatally wounding Garbo and another DEA agent. Uh, The suspect also wounded another task force member uh, during the exchange of gunfire. Supervisor Garbo had served with the DEA for 16 years and had previously previously served with the Metro Nashville Police Department in Tennessee. He is survived by his wife, Vita, his daughter, niece, and a brother. Uh, Deputy Sheriff Juan Miguel Ruiz, he was 45 years old. He was also with the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office. His end of watch was October 11th of 2021. Um, 
Deputy Ruiz succumbed to his injuries after he was assaulted by a prisoner inside District 2 Station in Avondale, Arizona. He arrests this guy, takes him to the district office. He removes the handcuffs from the suspect to place him in the holding cell. And that guy suddenly attacks uh, Deputy Ruiz. Just horrific. And he beat him unconsciously. Um, the suspect then stole Officer Ruiz's keys and used his patrol car to crash through the uh, station gates as he fled. Other deputies were able to locate uh, Ruiz in the holding cell and transport him to a local hospital, but he never regained consciousness. He was kept on life support until his organs could be donated. Deputy Ruiz had served with the MCSO office for three years. He is survived by his mother, sister, and brother. You know, it's just another testament to this guy wanting to help people uh, that he was donated his organs right. to help save the life of or make somebody else's life better. You know? Right. And most definitely. So now his legacy continues on literally in other people, right. which is that that is such a gift. I know people who have on both ends who have received right. organs and unfortunately no family that have had to donate. And it's just it is a gift, it, though. Yeah, I mean, it's a. It's like definitely a yeah. something that you just, I mean, I, you know, if I needed new lungs or something and, you know, someone was willing to donate that to me, I, mm -hmm. you know, I just couldn't imagine. And that they paid that, that price to give right? you life. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> this is going to be a sad one here. Okay. This is a hard podcast. Um, so there's Sergeant Michael Devin Rudd, 38 years old. Uh, he was with La Paz County Sheriff's Office. His end of watch was October 11th, 2021. Sergeant Rudd was struck and killed by a commercial vehicle during the pursuit of a fraud suspect in I-10. The suspect was being pursued by members of the Corsite Police Department and the Arizona Department of Public Safety. Sergeant Rudd had exited his vehicle when he was struck by a commercial vehicle that was not involved in the pursuit. Which again, you just hear thing, things, anything can happen. It I wasn't know. even part of that part of the pursuit, but still because because of it, he right. was in that situation. Uh, the driver of the suspect vehicle was taken into custody a short time later after his vehicle was immobilized by spike strips. Uh, Sergeant Rudd was a United States Air Force and Army National Guard veteran. He had served with the La Paz County Sheriff's Office for eight years, and he is survived by his wife, Amanda, and six children. Uh, we also had Lieutenant Chad Owen Brackman, 47 years old, with Maricopa County Sheriff's Office. His end of watch was November 10th, 2021. Um, Lieutenant Brackman was struck and killed by a vehicle while directing traffic near the intersection of North 87th Street and North Pima Road in Scottsdale. He's working an overtime assignment. There you go again. Yeah. When he was struck, he was transported to Honor Health Scottsdale Osborne, where he succumbed to his injuries. And Lieutenant Brackman had served with the Maricopa County Sheriff's Department for 22 years and was assigned to the Lake Patrol Division. He is survived by his wife, Melissa, and four children. Uh, well, now we have Officer Christopher R. to talk about. And you get to go over this one, and hopefully you can hold it together better than <laughs> I would. I'm already getting there. Yeah, we saved uh, Officer Chris Farrar uh, for the very end of, of our officers. Um, just because he was such a, a big part of our lives. Um, he was not only a friend, um, he was a huge supporter of Under the Shield. Um, Susan did an amazing job helping Chris through a really dark time. 
um, when he was struggling. And, you know, Chris basically says that Susan saved her his life. And so that's why he became part of Under the Shield. And he was the podcast host, well, co-host with Susan before <laughs> his death. And uh, Chris was just such a great man. Um, you know, when he was killed, he was the most decorated officer at Chandler Police Department. It was just, it was amazing that he was able to come out of that dark place that he was in and turn his life around and continue on right. helping all the people that he did help. And all these officers are important and loved right. by everyone. It's just, he was, he was our guy. Yeah. You know? He was a good friend. And so it's, hits real close to home and, yeah. and it's tough to talk about, but Chris, we're going to honor him. <laughs> yeah. So Chris Allen Farrar, he was 50 years old, worked with the Chandler police department. His end of watch was Friday, April 30th of 2021. And his cause of death is listed as a vehicular assault. Um, but a little more on that. Chris, he was struck and killed by a vehicle during a vehicle pursuit of a stolen vehicle involving multiple agencies. On a, April 29th, deputies with the Pinal County Sheriff's Office, they initiated a pursuit of a known felon shortly after 10 p.m. Uh, the suspect fired shots at the deputies when they attempted to stop him. Uh, and then the pursuit began. Uh, the suspect fled in the vehicle, and after entering the city of Chandler and Chandler PD getting involved, the guy drives through the uh, gate at the Chandler Regional Airport and gets on the runway. Uh, and then he drives around on the runway in the airport, and then he gets back out of the airport and back into the community. I heard one of the officers that was on duty that night said there were just police cars and lights just everywhere yeah. in the city because they were literally at every intersection, every spot trying to, and it was multiple agencies. So right. they said just the city was lit up. Yeah. Trying to figure out where this guy yeah. was going and, and how to stop him. Yeah. The, the suspect, he even drove the wrong way on a freeway for a short time. And he ended up crashing into the rear fence at a car dealership here in Gilbert. Um, and he got inside the dealership was rummaging around, was able to find keys to a truck at the dealership. And after crashing through a set of gates to get out of there, he intentionally swerved and struck Officer Farrar um, with the vehicle. And then he continued on in the parking lot. And he also struck another um, Gilbert police officer whose name was Rico Aranda. And both of them um, suffered critical injuries. Uh, the suspect was shot several times, and he was taken into custody at the dealership. Um, Officer Farrar, he was transported by helicopter uh, to a local hospital where he died as a result of his injuries. Um, just on a side note about Officer Rico Aranda, mm -hmm. um, he was, after he was hit by the suspect vehicle, officers on scene grabbed him. Yeah, well... But he what he was thrown into a tree, like his head right. hit. Right, he a suffered tree. a traumatic brain injury. It was Officers picked him, scooped him up, put him in a patrol car, and transported him in a patrol car to the hospital. And he has made a miraculous recovery, which is amazing. We'll talk he, a little bit yeah, more about him. Yeah, he's a miracle. And then because the sheriff's helicopter is there, they were able to. Yeah, they were able to land. And they had medics us. on board, and uh, yeah, it was pretty chaotic from the sounds of everything. Um, Officer Farrar, he had served with Chandler Police Department for 18 years. He is survived by his daughters, Tessa and Riley, his son, Connor, 
his parents, Bill and Linda, his brother, Brian, his sister, Angela. And last but not least, I have to include his granddaughter, Leilani. His pride and joy. <laughs> That's right. Or Chris will come back to haunt me. He already haunts Susan, and I don't want to mess with me. Even though when I first turned off our turned on our um, sound mixer to do this podcast, had it all turned on and everything was working good, and I stepped out of the room to grab some water, came back in, and it was all turned off. And Chris was <laughs> notorious for just practical jokes, yeah. and Susan... He would mess with her all the time. And poor Susan, she was used to getting called to the ER for Chris a lot because I swear he was, well, he's a shit magnet and then he is accident prone. Right. But then you got to tell people about the shoelaces. Yeah. So the because night. Because she didn't yeah, realize what had happened. The, yeah. the night Chris died, Susan gets a call from, um, I guess it was, I don't remember who had actually called her now, but she gets a call notified that she needs to get to the hospital that Chris has been taken to the hospital and he's been injured. So she's you know, scrambling around. It's late at night. She's trying to get everything. She goes to grab her shoes and Chris had tied her shoelaces together. So, you know, she's like, damn it, Chris, you're always messing with me because he was always hiding yeah, stuff Yeah, she's like, her. when I get a hold of you, I'm going to kill you because <laughs> she was used to it being yeah. an injury, not Getting even prepared. Getting stitches here. In fact, his nickname growing up was Stitches because he was always injured. Yeah, and then she had the tragic news that... Uh, and then as far as Chris not messing with you... He still managed to make sure you didn't get the first year of your retirement to relax and enjoy because here we are. <laughs> You're trying to carry his torch. And yeah. and, and that's just, I don't know, carrying his torch is going to be difficult because you can't replace such a, right. a legend. And he has left such a huge legacy. I can't, I should, I couldn't even tally it up, but I continue on a regular basis to meet both officers and civilians he helped. You know, it's just, it, it just, he really has left a legacy. Yeah, he has. And then, you know, going over the events of that night, which just three weeks ago was the first anniversary of his death. And May, the owner of Chantai, graciously hosted Chris's family and a few of us, you know, close to Chris for dinner, where Chris had also had uh, his last meal. Yeah. May just really enjoyed him and used to joke with him. He was just talking <laughs> about, you know, he was laughing. He was Chris and not knowing she went to see him again. and Yeah, and at that restaurant, they have several, I, don't know, I think there's five different um, temperatures of heat that you can yeah, like, spice. Yeah, like, like um, <laughs> no spice, mild, medium, hot, and then like extra hot. And something I like, like spicy food, <laughs> but I got medium in my um, wonton, wonton soup. soup. Yeah. And I don't know if it, because it was the broth and it was spicy for me yeah so chris he didn't like spicy food so may <laughs> said that, that he was he wanted wussy yeah. temperature <laughs> yeah she gave us she always also gave us a sample of chris's dish she goes here's his woos, uh, wussy food um but uh, you know kind of amazing and surreal about that night too is may said a couple sitting nearby chris had anonymously paid for his meal and they had always wanted to pay for an officer's meal but never had the chance because they never ran into an officer until that night and then they bought his last meal. It's... Yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool that his last meal was paid for by someone from the community yeah. that, that said, hey, thanks for being you and doing what you do. So it's kind of fitting. Yeah, you know, he was is. appreciated. But that night, and then we went to the dealership. You want to kind of just talk about what it was like for that process? Yeah. So we on the one year anniversary, um, we a bunch of us went to dinner and then uh, we all went over to the um Santan. Yeah, to Santan Ford, the dealer car dealership where Chris was killed at. Um, and there was a whole bunch of Chandler police officers and 
a huge support from Gilbert uh, Police Department. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them were officers that were actually working that same call the year prior. Um, it was it was pretty amazing just to see so many people there. Um, it was it was good because everybody got to talk to each other about what had happened and how they were doing and um, how it affected them. So it was very healing. It was it was it was difficult, but it was yeah. healing because, like you said, some of them like were. And Rico came. Yeah, uh, Rico Aranda, the officer that was also struck by the same suspect vehicle, um, he showed up. His wife um, and his wife and kids, and he's doing amazing. Um, he's, I think now, he's going back to light duty uh, with the department, and so he should be back at work and slowly getting back into you know, doing the job of as a police officer. He definitely wasn't ready to to give it up yet. That's for sure. He's, he's still not ready. So just pray <laughs> for him and his family. I mean, you know, for him to recover, you know, fully, he's part-time, but he, we don't want to get back out there and pray for his wife. She's still worried, but she's yeah. a strong woman too. She's held in there, you know, with him and um, just really commend them. And just the whole night, like I said, everyone kind of had to be there for their own reasons right. and personal healing and going through it. Some, we're going over the guilt of we could have done this differently. Right. You know, we could have done that Why differently. Do that? Why um, did we do this? Yeah. You know, there were the two um, officers that actually saw Chris get hit and, yeah. you know, provided, the, you know, CPR instant medical and attention. And we also talked to the Gilbert officer that ran up and mm-hmm. was applying tourniquets to Chris. I mean, it was, it was pretty amazing to see everybody there, but I think one of the hardest things that happened that night was, uh, Phoenix police helicopter did a flyover for us. Uh, they came to the, they flew over to the dealership. They flew around a couple of times, which was kind of tough, but then they turned their spotlight on <laughs> and they were, you know, shining it on different areas of the dealership and us. And, and when I started looking around at the people that I knew had been there that night, boy, that just, that hit home. And, you know, that was hard. They broke down a lot of tears were shed mm-hmm. during that time that helicopter flyover, but I think it was also very healing. It was healing, but that's always what gets me. <laughs> I don't know what it is about the chopper, just because that image, and I know yeah, what happened. Like, but I felt bad because here's like my husband. <laughs> he's actually to the left of him, and I, and I, for her privacy. But you know, the officer, one of the ones that was um, doing CPR, CPR, because she was one of the first. Just she saw Chris get hurt and gave him CPR. She's to the left. And I'm to the right, and Tom's got one arm holding her, and the other one holding me as we're just like, you know, Both sitting crying, there sobbing. Yeah. yeah, it was just—it was a tough night, that's for yeah, sure. It definitely was. Um, as far as all of our officers, that concludes, you know, everybody that we lost here in Arizona. In Arizona, and tragic. And I, I know these brief stories don't do them justice, no. but we wanted to at least get their names and, you know, out there and memorialize them because. You know, they played an important role in saving their communities and right. serving. So Yeah, and then you think now their families are left, you know, um, raising kids by themselves, the wives, and it's just, it's heartbreaking. You know, mm-hmm. the something that I really didn't think about over my time as an officer of uh, how much my job impacted and influenced my family. You know, it's... Now I know um, how much that, what a toll that takes on, you know, the wife, 
or the spouse, a significant other. Um, but I, we really need to um, thank our families for allowing us to do this job uh, because without them, it would just make things even that much more tougher on us. Yeah. My best night of sleep was after your retirement. <laughs> I just, I was like, I, it's just a different sleep. I don't even know how to describe it. Cause I didn't have to worry. Not that I'm an anxious person, you know, and I didn't like dwell on it, Yeah. but there's just different worries there, especially when you're getting called out in the middle of the night, there were just different worries, you know, at different times. And, you know, it was in the back of your mind. So it's inside right. of you. And I think be, to be able to like, you know, release that. Yeah. You was, know, that, that next morning after I retired, I don't even remember what, what made me ask, ask me. you, Hey, how'd you sleep last night? But then when you said, I don't remember a time I slept better. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, why? And you're like, well, I don't have to worry about you anymore. That that really hit home for me. Yeah. That was, that was kind of an eye opening for me to yeah. go, wow, I guess it really did affect you. And then our oldest son for his retirement gift <laughs> decides to buy them a 10 day package for uh, paramotoring. And I'm that like, was a blast. I know, but still all I'm thinking is he retired <laughs> safely and you're going to it's like, if your father gets injured or you kill him, I'm going to kill you. Because that just would have been the irony. Yeah. <laughs> now I sleep. I had to wait him. He had to get through that too. It was only 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of like to finish this off. Um, I kind of wanted to, I came across a, a poem that I wanted to share. And then we just want to kind of reflect and um, close in prayer and end our program today. But. This poem is The Thin Blue Line. The author is unknown, um, but I really thought this kind of fitting. There is a line the color of the sky on a clear afternoon. There is a line the hue of the ocean on a bright sunny day. There is a line the purest shade of a newborn's eyes awakening for the first time. There is a line that protects us from harm in all we do, whether day or night. There is a line no one can penetrate, no one can alleviate. There's a line made of those who choose to follow a calling many do not hear and still more do not comprehend. They choose to walk the path of fear, hate, and mistrust, taken by so few but marked by so many. And when one leaves this line, they leave a legacy. But the line does not break, for the remaining must still protect. There may be emptiness, a loss, or sadness, but never a whole, not in this line. This line that holds the souls of those who have gone and the souls of who will be, the thin blue line. That is a very fitting poem. Isn't it? It's a beautiful. Good. I wish yeah. I knew the author, but it said unknown. Well, right now, um, what I'd like to do is take just a brief moment of silence um, for all the officers that we lost uh, throughout this country for 2021. Um, we need to honor these people. Uh, We'll never forget them, uh, but a little tribute to them by taking a moment of silence. Okay. Um, I would like to pray for us closing out. Yeah, let's close this out in prayer. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I don't know why sometimes like it's like I was not going to cry on this podcast. Yeah, good luck with that. Okay. Well, uh, okay. Um, God, I pray for the safety of officers 
as they walk into each unknown situation, never knowing what danger awaits them. Father, I know their shifts are filled with unknowns and uncertainties in which sometimes they make quick and often life-changing or life-threatening decisions. Um, Please help them to be wise and rely on all their experience and training and shroud them with your protection, God, as you are our great protector. Um, Lord, cherished families of these officers make sacrifices few understand. Um, Please fill their homes with harmony, love, grace, and (laughs) lots of understanding because they support a police officer even at their own sacrifice. Um, Bless these officers because they miss birthdays, um, holidays, (laughs) special occasions, um, just many things. God, guide these family members to be aware and responsive when their officer is showing signs of being overworked, um, stress, or trauma. Encourage them to seek help. God, I pray for all the families that have lost their loved one in the line of duty. I know their lives will never be the same again, but they won't walk alone with you. Uh, I I pray they feel you holding them as you are a great comforter. Uh, I ask that they are encircled with love and support. And just please, that place in their path are others who understand the deep ache in their hearts because they have been there too. They they can learn or lean on each other. They, They can help one another and just be together. Uh, I also pray for their blue family, Lord, too. Uh, hold the hearts of the fellow officers who also mourn. Uh, for those who were with the fallen officer, comfort them. Help them heal and recover from guilt of asking themselves what they could have done differently. And just please keep them safe on their journey. God, as I lift this all up, I ask you to open people's hearts to pray for the families. And, and please provide those that will pray with the families. In your name, amen. Amen.